Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have William Suddeth. William penned the book, The Restoring of Innocence. William, thank you for being with me today. You're welcome. Well, I want to ask you, um, talk to me a little bit first about, about your book and how you penned it. Well, we, we've been involved in the ministry of deliverance and inner healing for over 20, almost 20 years now, 19 plus years. And uh, uh, what we deal with is hurting and wounded people in the church. And uh, we, we've seen such a need for folks to have a restoration or restoring of what's been stolen from them. And what we've discovered over the years is one of the enemy's biggest uh, tactics, if you will, is to steal innocence from young children. And then that sets the course of their life. Uh, things that happen to them again, open doors they make, things that go on. So uh, the restoring of innocence, it really the, the theme is not new to us, but the, the book was just written a few years ago. And uh, we've done seminars all over the country where we help people deal with life issues. Well, on, on the front of the book it says, bringing freedom to the hurting and wounded by dealing head on with the issues of abuse as well as the resulting effects. Yes. Now this is everyday people that's sitting in our pews. This is folks in church who have been damaged in some way, either physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and or sexually. And uh, uh, as I shared earlier in the seminar we're doing here in Bangor, um, nine out of 10 people that come to us, both male and female, now understand these are all church people. These are all folks from church. They tell us they were molested, they were molested as children, and oftentimes molested by a close family member. Uh, their, their own father, uh, I've had some which, believe it or not, even their mothers uh, molested them. And uh, you know, it's one thing when a father does something, uh, he's drunk and he does something, but for a mother, a mother's natural instinct is to die for her young. So whenever a mother damages a child, molests a child, or in some way hurts a child, we always know there's the demonic uh, component to it because it goes against her natural, her animal instinct, if you will, uh, to protect her young. Wow. Well, we know you spoke this morning about the target. Talk to the listeners today about that. Well, uh, uh, as I was uh, uh, shared this morning, I, I, uh, we do quite a bit of deliverance. And uh, one particular morning, I had a 19-year-old young woman who had been a prostitute, a stripper. Uh, she had a personality disorder. I mean, she, she was just a, a, a tough case, if you will. And as God set her free, there was such a joy uh, such a, uh, just a, you could watch her countenance change, her, her entire life change uh, through healing and deliverance. Uh, later that day, I dealt with a young woman who'd grown up in church. In fact, her father was the pastor of the church she grew up in. And this child had never done anything. She had never had a drink. She'd never done a drug. She'd never smoked a cigarette. She'd never uh, uh, had a sexual relation. She'd never even kissed a boy. And uh, but she was under so much guilt and condemnation because as a little girl, one day the Good Humor ice cream truck came by and she wanted an ice cream, couldn't find her mama, but found mama's purse and took 50 cents. And that child was under more condemnation than the girl who'd been a prostitute and a stripper. And, and as I was praying about it that night, because it really grieved me, it really up, it shook me, if you will. 
And I was really crying out to God and praying, how can that be that, that someone who's grown up in church, never really done anything, be under such shame and condemnation and guilt? And the Lord really, uh, he gave me a scripture. He actually showed me a cartoon. And uh, as I shared this morning, the cartoon was uh, two deer uh, during hunting season. One had a bullseye on him. Uh, it was a Gary Larson cartoon. And the cartoon said, uh, bummer of a birthmark, Hal. And uh, that birthmark, uh, the Lord said, he showed me the cartoon as I was praying. And, and I said, Lord, I don't understand. He said, my people have the same birthmark. And then he took me to Isaiah 49.1, which says, listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. And from my birth, he's made mention of my name. And the Lord said, when you were born, I bragged on you. I, I said, you will do this and this and this. And he said, I brag on all my children. And the enemy hears it, and the enemy says, stop her, stop him, whatever it takes. And as a result, we have, we have uh, molestations, we have abuse of every kind, like I said, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual abuse. And, and people have a target on them. And I believe that target is a birthmark that all of us carry. And every time the demon goes by or a spirit goes by, they throw a dart at it. And sometimes the dart hits. And therefore, the people of God suffer. So this is really what we deal with. As I shared this morning, though, if we're wearing a breastplate of righteousness, even though that target's a birthmark, it's there. The darts can't penetrate. But a lot of us don't walk in that righteousness all the time, and therefore we open ourselves up to the demonic attack. Wow. Well, I want to ask you about abortion. We know that abortion is rampant today. And you had mentioned that 60 million yes. have been aborted since... 1973. 1973. Yes. That's a lot of babies. Yes, 60 million. I mean, do the math. It's, it's huge. I, I asked the group here how many there were under 40. And uh, you saw the numbers that raised their hands, but I told them they would be part of the largest generation that ever walked the face of the earth had not 60 million of their peers been aborted. And it's still a big issue, but uh, actually I've, I've heard statistics since uh, there's been a shift in our government recently. Uh, there's been an actual decrease in abortions uh, and teen pregnancies, which is fascinating. I just read an article this morning that teen pregnancies are down nationwide. So, you know, if you have less teen pregnancies, you're going to have less abortions. So there, there's a level, I believe personally, there's a shift in our nation right now. And there's going to be a shift in morality. And I think that's why the enemy's fighting so hard, this new administration and, and what's going on right now. The enemy does not want to see our nation become a moral nation again. Don't you find, uh, William, that a lot of the teens today are looking for love at all the wrong places. Well, teens and adults. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I deal with a lot of mature saints that are, we are, we are all created to be loved and accepted. That's why God created us. And one of the big tools the enemy uses is, is rejection. And there's a thing called a spirit of rejection. 
and people are all looking for love. We all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. And it's not just a teenage thing. It is certainly, uh, we deal as with as many adults as we do young people uh, getting involved in bad, just like you said, the old country song, looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. And uh, and folks do that. And, and then there's penalties. Uh, unwanted right. pregnancies, one. The abortion we just mentioned is one. Sexually transmitted diseases is another. Uh, the guilt, like I said to this morning as well, with church people, even if that's a previous lifestyle, they deal with so much guilt and shame and condemnation because of what they've done. And uh, uh, people need to, to forgive themselves, let receive God's forgiveness and move forward. I liked what you had done this morning about breaking soul ties. Speak yeah. to me about that. Well, soul ties are, are just that. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And the Bible is very clear that when, whenever we have sexual relations with anyone, the two become one. Uh, there's an Old Testament and New Testament uh, reference to it. Uh, uh, Jesus talked about a man joining his wife becoming one. Genesis talks about it. And then Paul talks about it to the Corinthians. When you have relations with a harlot, you become one with her. So whenever there's sexual contact, <coughs> good or bad, uh, whether it's willing or unwilling, uh, whether we want it or not, when there's sexual contact with someone, we create a tie of our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions joined to that individual. And even if it's a molestation or a rape, there's a piece of our soul that joins to that individual. And therefore, people need to break ungodly soul ties so they can have godly ties. And the Bible's just full of versions of godly soul ties. Uh, Jonathan and David had a godly soul tie of friends. Uh, different ones in the Bible have, you know, you should have a, a godly tie to your parents, to your spouse. But when, when you have relations with someone that's ungodly, even what I, I talked about today about couples that, uh, that are married, but they had sexual relations prior to marriage, they entered their marriage with unholy matrimony. And when we do marriage counseling, we find that probably 99% of folks that struggle in their marriage entered their marriage with ungodly soul ties. And uh, the other thing that you need to realize, if someone's been very sexually active prior to marriage, they have soul ties from all the different people they've interacted with, and they bring that into the marriage. So it's very important for, for believers to break ungodly soul ties so they can have godly soul ties. And uh, William, how do they do that? Well, we, we use a, uh, uh, we have them make a list and then we have them pray a prayer of repentance. What, what we've d uh, discovered in the Ministry of Deliverance in almost 20 years, it, there's a very simple pattern for all deliverance. We repent, we renounce, and we break. We repent to God for the sin, we renounce the sin, and we break anything attached to it, whether it's a curse or a spirit or anything else. Soul ties are no different. We make a list of everyone we've had sexual contact with. We uh, fill a list out. We ask God to show us any ungodly soul ties, person, place, or thing. And then we pray a prayer and we break that soul tie. We give it to the Lord and then we destroy the list 
And after we destroy the list, we, we accept God's forgiveness, we forgive ourselves, and we move on. Amen. That's a good God. Amen. He is a good God. What else would you like to say today? Um, I'm sure you've been doing this for how many years? Almost 20 years, a little over 19 years. years yes. And you've seen the fruit of it. We, we have seen literally, we, we, we used to try to keep count, but there's just no way to count at this point. Individually, we've ministered to multiple thousands of people. We, we, there's nothing more enjoyable as a minister to see someone's face change, to see their countenance change, to see a sparkle come back into to eyes that the, the, the light was out, and to see the life come back into someone. And, and uh, uh, we just had a, a couple recently we ministered to, and, and, and they told us how their life was changed and how everything. I've had people leave my office and say, the sky is bluer, the grass is greener, everything is different. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way God intended it to be. So. Amen. That word, John 8, 36, when the sun sets free is free indeed. Free indeed. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Tell me how this all comes into play with domestic violence. Well, when you have hurt people, hurt people are going to hurt people. So you have couples come into a relationship, they have ungodly soul ties, they have their own hurts, their own fears, their own disappointment, their own shame, all their own issues. So what you have is two people, take two godly people that, that are from the same town they get married. They still have differences. Their family did stuff one way, this family did one, you know, this family cut the roast this way, this family cut it this way, this one carved the turkey that, I mean, you, you, we've all experienced this. Just So you take two godly couples, they're gonna have friction. But take couples that have come out of abuse, that have come out of lifestyles where there's there's been sexual misconduct, there's been maybe sexual abuse, there's a lot of fear, there's anger, abandonment, rejection, fear of rejection, all the stuff that goes with that. Maybe they've come out of a background where they've saw violence in the home. So their way to express themselves is not always healthy. So we see domestic abuse is a huge issue. But if each of those people would get healed, and what, what's interesting to me in this ministry is we'll get a wife call, and we get a lot of these calls. They want us to fix their husband. And I told one lady, if I had a husband fixer, I'd have a prayer line here to Texas. There, there is no husband fixer, and there's no son fixer, and there's no daughter fixer. They need Jesus. They, they need an encounter with God. And what we tell people is the way they pray for them is really what they need to change. How they react to them, See, you may never be able to change your husband or your wife or your kids or your parents, but you can change the way you react to them. And a lot of times you need to change the way you pray for them. A lot of husbands that, that maybe are violent or they drink or, you know, and the wife's trying to serve God and she's in a really tough situation, we see it a lot. They need to pray, God, give my husband an encounter. Lord, make yourself real to him. Show him how much you really love him. Show him he's not rejected. He's not forgotten, that he's special to you. And once that husband or that son or that daughter has an encounter with God, everything changes. Everything changes. Amen. You know, God loved us so much that he died for us when we were yet sinners. Yes. That's hard to wrap our mind around. It because, is. you know, in the church, we're, we're, you're, you're, 
think you're supposed to be one way. You're right. supposed to be perfect. Yeah. But you know, he died for us when we were in the mock of the mock, really. Yeah. And yeah. then he brings us um, to himself and cleans us up. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you said that. Uh, I actually sat in church for eight months in different churches, hearing the word, leaving every day. And every, I was going to church three times a week unsaved. Hearing the word, believing the word, but leaving under guilt and shame and condemnation, thinking I had done too much, I was too bad a sinner, God couldn't fix me, couldn't use me, and I, I would really leave church and couldn't wait to get a drink. And one night at uh, a little Assembly of God church in West Virginia, the evangelist that was there that night on Sunday night said, I don't know who this is for, he had a word of knowledge. He said, but you're a fisherman. And he said, God's a fisherman. And you know you cannot clean a fish until you catch it. And God wants to catch you right now. And I popped up out of the pew like a cork out of water. And I went up to the altar and I got saved that night. But what I had really done uh, is I had counted the cost. I, I had debated whether or not I could be a Christian, whether or not I could live that way, whether or not I wanted to give up all my sin. I wasn't one of those miserable, unhappy sinners. I was enjoying my sin. So, but God was wooing me. God was dealing with me. He was drawing me back week after week. And that night, with that word of knowledge, I got saved. But see, someone must have been praying for me to have an encounter with God. And when I knew he was speaking to me, I knew that I needed to go forward and I got saved. And when I got saved, I just got real saved. I didn't look back. So were you, did you stop drinking at that point right then? That night, I lost the urge to do drugs, to drink. I went home and threw away a ton of pornography. Uh, my life was changed that night. But what's interesting, right after that, we ended up at the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola, Florida, this back in the 90s. and. Uh, uh, of course, if you know anything about the Brownsville Revival, you got saved every night because of the altar calls were so powerful. But uh, we learned about deliverance. And my wife, when we learned about deliverance and the ministry of deliverance, she looked at me and she said, you need that. And I said, I know it. Because even though I'd been delivered of drugs and alcohol and major stuff, there were still the little things, the little foxes that spoil the vine and uh, jealousy and anger and just some other small issues that I needed to be dealt with. And uh, we, I went through deliverance and it was, it was amazing. Uh, I got so free and I, boy, I thought I really had it. And then the church introduced a ministry called Cleansing Stream. And I went through 12 weeks of teaching and then a deliverance weekend and I got more freedom. And then a few months later, my loving wife in her loving way said, you know what, they didn't get it all. And, and I said, I know it. So I went back to the church, to the deliverance lady at, at our church, and I told her, y'all missed something. She said, how do you know? I said, my wife said so. She said, well, your wife would know. So uh, I went back in, and you know what they did that time? They did inner healing. And they dealt with a wounding that I had when I was three years old. And that wounding was affecting the way I was interacting with people at 40 years of age. So, and God changed it. And uh, I got saved at 40, I'm 60, almost 62 now. And uh, we've been in full-time ministry almost 20 years. So, wow. God's good. 
He is good. So Righteous Acts Ministries, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, uh, Dr. Bill Suddeth, how would they do that? Best way is our website, which is www.ramministry, all lowercase. So it's R-A-M-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y dot org, O-R-G. And uh, if they need deliverance, if they need healing, uh, we also on our website have uh, the Restoring of Innocence book that you're, you've got there. We have another book called So Free, uh, a real in-depth teaching on deliverance and inner healing. Uh, we have a deliverance training manual. We have, uh, actually I'm a very prolific teacher. We have 22 DVDs uh, on different subjects, Freemasonry, uh, Islam, fear, uh, different, just different issues people deal with, entry points of the demonic activity in our lives and different things. So um, we, we have a lot of resources also they would uh, get on that. And we have an office in Colorado Springs where we have uh, a full counseling staff and uh, delivered staff. And then uh, my wife and I also minister to pastors and their wives and uh, pastors' families. So. So you're very busy. We have been very busy this year, yes. Well, it's yeah. been a pleasure to um, be at this uh, conference here in Bangor, Maine at City Outreach and, um, or City Reach. And City Reach Church, yes. It's been a blessing to, to be here and to see, like you said, the countenance change yes, on people's faces. absolutely. You know, last night as I heard the weeping, yeah. um, you know, I'm just so thankful that we know a God yes. that loves and cares for His people enough that um, He uses tools like the restoring of innocence and He sets up uh, the plan of deliverance for His people. Amen. Amen. God is yeah, good. God is good. Well, would you take a few moments and pray for our listeners before we end the broadcast today? Yes, yeah, certainly. I'd be happy to. Uh, Lord, right now, I know there's people listening that, that are dealing with some of the things we've talked about. They're dealing with domestic uh, abuse issues in their home. They're dealing with fear. They're dealing with anger. Some folks are dealing with perversions of various kinds. Some folks are dealing with different issues in their children, in their husbands, their wives, their areas, and, and even work issues. But Lord, right now, I ask you to intervene. I ask you to pour out your spirit on Maine. I ask you to pour out your spirit on, on northern Maine. I ask you to enter people's homes right now. I ask you to give wayward children an encounter with you. Lord, make yourself real to these husbands, these wives, these different ones that need a touch from you. God, give them dreams. Give them visions. Lord, give them an encounter where they know that they know they've met the risen Christ. Lord, I ask you to intervene in marriages, in families, in homes. Touch young people. Lord, there's young people right now that are planning to do things tonight. Saturday night that God are going to open doors for them that with uh, sexual issues, drug issues, drinking, perversion. God, I ask you to interrupt their plans right now. I ask if there's young people even listening to this radio broadcast that their their hearts would be churned and they would they would seek you, they would want you, they would want to know you. But God, interrupt their plans. Interrupt these husbands that are that are drinking right now that that uh, are going to be abusive towards their children or their, their wives tonight, Lord. God, interrupt their plans. 
make yourself real to them. And Lord, I thank you for this radio program that it's reaching out and touching people that otherwise might not hear your word and might not hear the truth because Lord, we know the truth does set us free. And I ask you to bless this radio station, bless Angel, and bless the folks uh, uh, that are gonna continue to receive ministry in this conference today. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, Dr. Bell, and thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Tune in next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments. Amen.